0: Not cool, Josh. Really not cool. Okay, go ahead, Sammy. Hi, I'm Sammy Shulman.
1: I'm Josh Siegel.
0: And I'm Eric Kirkpatrick. Welcome back to The Floater. Today, we will be discussing a little bit about what happened last week in NFL, week three, and uh, looking ahead to week four. Of course, making our picks, weekend blitz, all that fun stuff. We get to hear from Josh about his thoughts on the Ravens and then, you know, we get to hear KP about his thoughts on the Dolphins, so it's going to be a good one.
2: The all-reliable Dolphins, Ryan Fitzmagic, always got magic trust him. strikes again. He really did. All right, uh, I'll go first in this week's weekend blitz. If that's cool with you guys, yeah, go ahead. So I've got a couple games here. Uh, first up, I have the Rams and the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen strikes again. The Bills win. 35-32 to 32 on some last-minute heroics. The Bills' offense continues to shine as Josh Allen tosses 311 yards and four touchdowns to three different receivers and runs one in for himself. Stephon Diggs, despite not getting many receptions, was still able to find the end zone. For the Rams, it was a tough loss. Jared Goff threw 321 yards and two touchdowns, finding Cooper Cup nine times for 107 yards and touchdown, as well as Robert Wood's, who hauled in five catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. Something that can't go unmentioned was their run game. Daryl Henderson ran for 114 yards and a touchdown. Hopefully they're going to have a bounce back week this week. They're playing the Giants, who can't do anything that's an abysmal franchise to watch and an absolute mess. Next up, I've got the Panthers and Chargers. Teddy Bridgewater gets his first career win in Carolina as the Panther defense. Halt's rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert, and hold on to a 21 to 16 lead. Despite losing Herbert through for 330 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He connected on many occasions with both Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler for a combined 24 reception receptions. on the other side of the field, the Panthers offense looked in disarray with Mike Davis as the leader in receptions and only getting 46 yards on 13 carries. Uh, I don't know about you guys, and we'll spend a bit more time when we're making our picks, but that Panthers offense is a mess, to put it nicely. But those are mine. I'll send it over to Sammy. What you got, Sammy? All right. Thanks, KP. Uh,
0: Starting in Seattle, where the Cowboys and the Seahawks squared off in what we all thought was going to be a high-scoring matchup, and it delivered as the Seahawks and Cowboys each put up 30 points Russell Wilson, magnificent as always, 315 yards and five touchdowns. Could have been six, but DK Metcalf throws one out of the back of the end zone as he gives up on the play a little too early to Shaq and ask. Despite that, DK finds himself ending the day with over 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, also, Tyler Lockett had 100 yards and three touchdowns himself. Wilson carries the Seattle Seahawks to a win over the struggling Cowboys at one and two. However, Dak Prescott did his thing again today. 472 yards passing and three touchdowns Gallup and Cedric Wilson, who just for perspective was projected zero fantasy points last week, had themselves a couple of games as a Cedric Wilson or Cedric Wilson broke up onto the scene, but it wasn't enough as three turnovers were costly as the Cowboys fall to the Seahawks 38 to 31 Sunday night football on NBC Mike Tarico announcing, that was a bit of a, a debacle. But the game itself, very fun to watch. Another shootout with both teams scoring 30. Aaron Rodgers, the magic's back for him too. Let Russ cook, let Josh Allen cook, let Aaron Rodgers cook. Why not? Uh, he finds himself finishing the game 21 for 32, 283 yards and three touchdowns. Allen Lazard with six receptions for a buck 46 in the score. Although it came out today that he's dealing with a core muscle injury, so that. Monitor, Devonte Adams working his way back from injury, but it didn't seem to matter as Devonte Adams and Michael Thomas both out. Fair matchup. Packers take advantage of a lackluster Saints defense the last two weeks. Find themselves winning thirty-seven to thirty as Drew Brees, despite putting up two hundred eighty-eight yards and three touchdowns, continued to struggle in terms of the ball downfield. And the only bright spot, really, for the Saints is just Alvin Kamara's absolute dominance continues as he found himself with not only six carries. For 58 yards, which is almost 10 a clip, but he also had 13 receptions for a buck 40 and two scores, including a play that was Marshawn Lynch-esque, but the shifty version. Taysom Hill comes in, fumbles the ball, this maker in the game, it's as if you shouldn't have not played your Hall of Fame quarterback, but I digress, Packers 3-0, Saints 1-2. and Monday Night Football, the long-awaited matchup had arrived, the Chiefs and the Ravens, and the consensus pick going into the game By the time it started, was the Ravens, including ESPN, who gave them a 61% chance to win after they drove down running the football and looked pretty good with a Tucker score. That ballooned up to 71. But after that, it was all Mahomes all night long. He backed up his first rushing touchdown of the season then followed it up with 380 yards and four touchdowns through the air. Travis Kelsey was the leading receiver with 87 yards, but that didn't stop everybody else on the Chiefs from scoring a touchdown. Including Tyree Kill, Hardman, um, Anthony Sherman, and of course, first overall pick, Eric Fisher, the offensive lineman. So that was a fun one. Andy Reid and uh, Padre Mills playing up all the stops. The Ravens wanting to blitz, not wanting to give Mahomes time to make stuff happen, but that didn't matter as the Ravens corners couldn't keep up with the speed. Lamar Jackson finishes the game 15 for 28, under 100 yards and a touchdown, his career low in passing yards and The Ravens just couldn't get their run game going once they fell behind. It's something we've seen before, and we'll have to see if it can change. Josh, what do you got for us?
1: Sure. So we got Texans-Steelers. Texans got off to a fast start, a few quick touchdowns, including a 38-yarder from Randall Cobb. But after that, they were pretty thoroughly stymied by the Steelers' defense, including, once again, we saw Deshaun Watson trying to do much, throwing a really poor interception, throwing across his body and taking a pretty tough hit. Steeler, what was a pretty similar game to the one against the Broncos, controlled the game pretty thoroughly in the second half behind a big performance from James Conner to win 28-21. Then we got Bengals-Eagles. Joe Burrow, another impressive performance, really creating everything by himself, throwing for a couple touchdowns to T. Higgins, um, getting himself 23 points. Eagles, another shaky performance by Carson Wentz, throwing two more interceptions, did lead the Eagles on touchdown drives at the end of each half, including a long touchdown pass to Greg Ward and then an eight-yard scramble to tie the game at the end of regulation. Overtime was interesting because there were a bunch of three and outs, and then the Eagles got the ball in decent position to win the game and decided to run the ball around the 42, 43-yard line and wound up settling for a 59-yarder for the win, which – then was moved to a 64 yarder via false start, and then they decided to punt. So, really, the Eagles put and then the Bengals, after the punt, basically ran a two yard draw. So, basically, both teams agreed at the end to tie this game, which is pretty interesting. We saw maybe the first ever settle for a tie.
2: That Eagles roster has just honestly looked abysmal recently. Uh, I saw some meme. I don't know. It was probably like a SpongeBob face or something, but like uh, Jalen Hurts on the sideline after seeing Carson Wentz play like crap. And is there a world where Carson Wentz gets replaced by Jalen Hurts this season? Not unless he gets
0: hurt. No pun intended.
1: Yeah, they're paying <laughs> Wentz too much, much, too much money. Um, but he looks terrible. I he looks to be you know in the bottom half of the NFL quarterbacks. I mean, I said before last game that I felt like the Bengals were the better quarterback in that game and coming out of that game I certainly felt like they had the better quarterback not only in that game but in general um but should we go ahead to our picks for this week
2: yeah let's uh go ahead and do that so today as we mentioned is Thursday so we've got Thursday night football
1: first do we have our results from last week
2: Oh, results from last week. Let me pull that up real quick. Um, Josh, I have a question for you as I pull this up. Yeah. Uh, Nick Foles, what do you think about that? Like, obviously, it was a matter of time before he replaces Mitchell Trubisky, but what did you think about his performance after stepping in? Huge cock. Josh, sports take, not Josh take. Sammy, can you go first now? Because I don't trust Josh anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. I thought he could only do that kind of thing on the Eagles. I guess we'll find out this week if he's that good or if the Falcons are that bad. I I feel like it might be the latter, but if he can lead them to an impressive victory over the Colts, we could be
2: talking differently a week from now, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, So, I'm going to apologize. My Google Drive is refusing to load. I have the reconnecting sign. So, can we start with the Thursday night matchup while I try and get this to work. I'll see if I can pull it up on my phone or something. Sure. So we have our Thursday night matchup, which I think can
1: be pretty fairly summarized as the worst primetime football game to ever exist in the history of humanity ever.
2: It just, sorry, I'm going to quickly jump in while I'm trying to fix this, but just honestly, all the games have been pretty bad.
1: We have, that'll change next week. We have a fun one. I be, What is it? The Buccaneers are playing the, bears i want to say next week all i know is that this is just the time
0: of the year when fox next week will pick it up yeah and that's when things start to get good on thursday night Yeah.
1: But anyway every, the-
0: every team gets a prime time game so they like to throw some in now like yeah. nobody wanted to see the jets week 17 on or week 16 on sunday night or anything like that so let's yeah. just get it out of the way tonight
1: anyway we got the om3 broncos um, to already their third quarterback of the year, Brett Ripon, son of former NFL and Super MVP, Mark nephew Rippich. Josh. Didn't I say nephew?
2: No.
1: Oh. I thought I, I thought he him. was
2: the son, not going to lie. Yeah, he
1: was nephew. Um, against Sam Darnold, we have the Broncos minus one. Um, I don't have too many thoughts on this game, but I think the Jets are the worst team in football, so I'm going to go with the Broncos.
2: I, too, pick the Broncos here. I know what's-his-name is a bit of a mess. Um, Brett Rippon, this is his first start. Melvin Gordon hasn't shown anything to say that he's back, but either way, it's just it's an absolute mess watching the Jets right now. Adam Gase should be fired. Uh, there's just so many things that are wrong within that organization that I just think change needs to happen. And honestly, for their own sake, I think if they get blown out today, then they can maybe finally move on from Adam Gase. But, Sammy, where are you leaning? I'm going to go with the New York Jets.
0: I don't like either of these teams at all. But at the end of the day, I think that Sam Darnold will be able to do enough with that offense. I'm not saying he won't throw interceptions, but I still think that he'll be able to put up points a point total in the 20 I'm not sure I can say the same about the Broncos offense right now and unless the Broncos defense is good enough to score for the offense like giving them great field position or even like a pick six or something on special teams I the Jets are in a slightly better place to win this game
2: Uh, I don't know I just feel like there's a world where Brett Rippian just goes check down after check down after check down pass and they just they just possess the ball for so long within the game that they actually just don't provide the Jets with the chance to score. But I don't know. That's, that was part of my thought process where it was just like they're just going to beat Look them Look out up. for Braxton Berrios, Aaron. So who is Braxton Berrios, Sammy? Because I'm, I'm still he confused.
1: He was good at Miami.
0: He's on the Jets. He's a receiver, and he's poised to have a big night tonight.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, these are maybe the two worst teams in football. It features a terrible quarterback. would
2: you not put the Giants worse than the Broncos? I
1: think they're the three worst teams in football. I mean, the Broncos are very banged up right now, as are the Giants. But either way, you have two awful teams, two awful coaches, an awful quarterback versus a probably awful quarterback. Um, Two banged up teams, and Troy Aikman is going to be checked out five minutes in. It's going to be a sight to see. Um, but anyway, can we please, for the love of God, move on from this game?
0: Well, sure, Josh. We can. We can but look move out on. for Barrios. Final thought. Uh, Sammy Barrios stat line. Go. Six catches, 112 yards, two scores.
2: Well, if only that happened. Sammy, if it happens, uh, you'll hear it on the podcast here. I will give Sammy $2.
0: If that exact stat line happens?
2: Yes. What a deal. It's free money at the end of the day for you. So true. All right, let's move on.
1: Is the Google Drive still giving you problems, Aaron?
2: Yeah, it is. I'm trying. I'm seeing if I can, like, close and log out of it. So just start up with the next game. I'm sorry, guys. Technical difficulties on my end.
1: All right. So we got the Cardinals traveling cross country to visit the Panthers. And I believe this one is Cardinals minus three.
2: Yeah. It's Cardinals minus three.
1: Um, So I thought this is a little too, a point or two too low. I'm going to take the Cardinals here. I think Kyler Murray is poised for a bounce back game. I actually do kind of like this Panthers offense and the way they move the ball. I've liked what I've seen from Mike Davis, but without McCaffrey, they don't really have, anyone who can put the ball in the end zone, which is why we saw them settle for five field goals last week. Um, And this Panthers defense just isn't good. Um, And I think Kylo's going to have a good bounce back game.
0: Uh, Yeah. I'm also going to take, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sammy. No, go for it. Go for it, Aaron.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking Arizona minus three here. Uh, Josh, everything you said about the bounce back game. I also see, the defense of Arizona just limiting whatever production Mike Davis has had. The receivers in Carolina can't seem to get anything going. It's just overall a bit of a mess, and I just think it's a bit of a cakewalk for them, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. It, there's two ways for me to look at this. Like I have a team that should have was supposed to win last week and didn't in the Cardinals and a team that wasn't supposed to win last week and did in the Panthers, and I don't know which which way momentum will continue. But I'm going to say that the Cardinals right the ship um, and win by at least three here, uh, advance to three and one, and then we'll see what can happen. I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers at some point look to add a piece on offense from a bad team. Maybe they try to go out and get a Braxton Berrios or something like that. I don't know.
2: Sammy, do you want a Braxton Berrios jersey? Is this what you're trying to tell me and Josh? If the stat line's correct, I expect,
0: uh, I expect a Braxton Berrios jersey
2: from you uh we'll we'll have to talk about this another time but uh before we move on i got the google drive so quickly reviewing last week the leader of last week uh this week three was a tie between me and josh at eight seven and one sammy you came in at eight six and two uh you're to push it uh wait no sorry wait how did Uh, i
0: tie more than you
2: Nope, I did my math wrong. That's my bad. You came in at nine six and one. My bad.
1: So then were we eight seven and two? What no, you... you
2: and I were eight seven and one. You How guys, would we, we all pushed ties.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what?
0: I'm saying, like, it didn't make sense to me that we'd have a different amount yeah. of ties, yeah, because like, we were picking the same
2: lines. Yeah. Well, no, because um, I misread. I so we all uh, pushed on the LA Rams plus three. We, the oh, games, a
1: game pushed we all push on it, no matter who we picked. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, it was a three-point. Think, think
2: about it for a second, KP.
1: If you had the Bills minus three, you would push two.
2: Oh, oh, I, I see what you're saying. That, that took me way too long. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. But so last just, week, so Sammy then leads the week at nine six and one. Yes, I did my math right. Nine, six, and one. Josh and I come in behind that at eight, seven, and one. We then move to all-time standings. Me and Sammy tied for first at 18, 11, and three. And Josh in last place at 13, 16, and three. Josh, yes, I did call you last place, even though it's the equivalent of second place. Just because last place. I want you to feel bad about your picks. That's all it is. I should. You should, Josh. You should be doing better.
0: Anyway, KP, what what did I get? Uh, what
2: gave me the advantage this week? Uh, this week, where you jumped up over me was uh, you had both the Tennessee pick'em and San Francisco minus six and a half, and the Patriots, right? Uh, yeah, and the Patriots. I took loss I took the Las Vegas line there. I took Tennessee in the pick'em, so
1: he must have gotten me on something else.
2: Josh, what did he, I get Josh on? You got him. He took the Giants as well. He also took the Charger. Sam, you also got us on Chargers minus six and a half. But Josh and I both got you on Cincy plus five and a you half. You mean Chargers plus, plus six and a half, right?
1: No, Panthers plus six and a half.
2: Pan, Josh and I took Chargers minus six and a half. Okay. And uh, we both got you on Cleveland minus five and a half and Cincy plus five and a half.
0: All right. So basically,
2: yeah, okay. I guess it makes sense. We'll have to come with a little more prepared next time, I feel like. Yeah, Yeah, that's my bad. I should have had it open ahead of time. I was honestly forgetting about it, and then the internet screwed me over in this case. But anyways, we move on to the next game. The Baltimore Ravens will be playing the Washington football team. Ravens are 14-point favorites. Josh, is this a trap game?
1: I'll let Sammy start this one.
2: No,
0: he said you. It's okay. Oh,
1: this is a trap game. Okay, so Sammy has been trying to jinx the hell out of this all week. He's been really, really firm in his stance that the Ravens will win this game something like you know forty two to six. Um, he's been saying notice, this is gonna be a disaster. R g three is gonna be scoring touchdowns. Um, and I'm not gonna take the bait, so I'm going to emotionally hedge and pick Washington.
2: Are you being serious, Josh? Yeah, I'm
1: taking Washington plus 14. Let's have – listen, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not – I'm not. this is more of an emotional pick. I'm not falling for the bait. I'm not taking Sammy's bait.
2: Sammy, what are we supposed to say to this?
0: Well, all I'm going to say is that I did it because this is not bait at all, and I think Josh knows that deep down. I genuinely am trying to think if they're – if if the Washington football team were to win, put the 14-point side – if they were to win, would it not be the biggest upset in NFL history? Like, where else have you ever had a game between two teams? One of them is coming off a loss that they were – like, the Ravens' whole season was contingent on this chase game. They lose it. And in Josh told me that two minutes left in the game that there was something on the bench, chatter, like, we're on to Washington. And I'm supposed to think that, oh, but <laughs> the Ravens aren't really going to come up singing? No. I think that – if Washington were to win this game, it would be the biggest upset in NFL history. I think if they were to cut spread, I would be sincerely surprised. And so n- not an emotional pick, just what I feel like is a smart pick. I'm going Ravens minus 30, but I guess I'll take minus 14.
2: Oh, you're taking the alternative line, Sammy? I might have to. Man,
1: i to make it clear. This is a very emotional pick coming for me.
0: Well, there's a reason why you're in last.
1: <laughs> um, I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm not, ta- I'm not, I'm not taking any chances.
0: This is a trap game is all I'm hearing from Josh. So So
1: you're fighting the
0: Ravens against the Chiefs, but not to cover against against the Washington professional football team?
1: Joe Flacco to be active for first time for Jets on Thursday.
0: Joe Flacco revenge game.
2: Are we uh, – oh, I, mm. Should we spend some time talking about who's going to play, Sam Darnold or Joe Flacco? Uh, so Sam want... Darnold will start, and then we'll see what happens. But I you know still
0: what? want Joe Flacco to come in this game. I've been hearing some chatter about Joe Flacco and Braxton and Berrios' connection.
2: <laughs> Sammy, you got to jump Braxton Berrios. No.
0: Please? All right. No. Thank you for asking me. Anyways, <laughs> KP, what do you got for us?
2: Uh, I also have Ravens, Mize 14. I feel like this is a gimme. Uh, I don't see a world where there's a backdoor cover or anything. The Ravens are just better offensively and defensively. And special teams. And special teams. Half the Washington football team's defensive line is injured this week as well. Matt Ioannidis out for the season. Chase Young is out for, I think, a week or two. Just either way, it's it's a mess. They have nothing going on offensively or defensively or special teams aside from Tressway. One of my favorite punters. It, Ravens minus 14. Hammer, yeah, I'm,
0: hammer that. I'm, on a, I'm almost happy that this is the week that we're banged up because we were never going to win this game anyways. So we might as well just use this as somewhat really of a bye
1: week He's really trying to milk this.
0: What are you – like, what I'm, I'm going to be saying the same thing about the Rams and Giants in a minute. Like, these are two of the most lopsided games I think we'll see in a very long time.
1: Yeah, I mean, Haskins also, coming off his
0: worst game – and it's it's just – the Ravens are motivated. The Rams are motivated. Like, there's no world.
1: Yes, but you are trying to get me to pick the Ravens. I'm not going to let you force me to – Josh, we want you to you pick the
2: Ravens because picked- they're the smart pick. No, I don't care
0: what he picks. I'm allowed to have an opinion. He thinks everything's about him.
2: <laughs> okay, let's move on. Next up, we've got the Cowboys as four-and-a-half-point favorites against the Cleveland Browns, who – were iffy at the beginning of last week, kind of turned it on. But, again, they were playing.
1: Very uninspiring win last week. Let's put it that way.
0: I never thought I'd see a day that my football team would beat themselves against Cleveland. But that happened last week. So, I, we blew it. We had two chances, in the, one in the first half, one in the second half to win the game. And Haskins threw it away both times, quite literally. And so, I didn't love what I saw from the Browns. But despite that, I'm going to pick them here. Um, I just think it's going to be another high scoring game. I feel like the Cowboys will probably win, but I feel like it's a little bit high. I just feel like a field goal is probably the difference. Um, Would I be surprised if the Cowboys won by a touchdown or so? No, not really. But I'm going to go with the Browns to cover.
1: Um, So I'm going to go with the Cowboys, but I don't really love them. I'm doing it kind of tentatively because the four and a half makes me nervous, which is just true in general with a four and a half point spread. So if you think about it, if you're taking a four and a half point spread, you should really be taking a six, you need to be confident in a six and a half point spread for that game. Because if you think, just think about the way a football game works. Something weird needs to happen in order for it to be a five point game. Like there either needs to be an unusual amount of field goals or a failed two point conversion or something else. In order to get a six-point game, you're not going to have a go-ahead touchdown to make it a six-point game because a team is down by one, they go for two. So the only ways to really get a six-point game normally is an overtime touchdown or you're up by three and kick a late field goal, which are two very specific scenarios to bank on. But I kind of do like the Cowboys minus six and a half just because I don't think the Browns are good. Um, And, like, I think the Cowboys' offense is good. I think the Seahawks are really good. And I really liked what I saw from the Cowboys last week in battling back in that game. I mean, until that final drive by Russell Wilson, they outplayed the Seahawks for most of the second half. Um, And I think this will sort – they haven't really had a statement game yet because we had high expectations. They had sort of a fluky, sort of a self-inflicted loss for the Rams. Then that ridiculous game against the Falcons. Then they got beat by the Seahawks in a really good game that they deserve to lose. I think this is a statement game for them this weekend, and I think they'll come out firing.
0: All of the, he just gave all that explanation after picking the Washington football team simply because he thought I was trying to manipulate him. Yep. And he's trying to give us all scenarios. Josh, for a team to win by five, all that needs to happen is for the, for the winning team to have one field goal and the losing team to have two in their score. And then there's easily situations where they'll win by four or five.
1: But usually when you get to that, but that needs to happen in a certain order of things to happen. And because usually there will be a two point conversion factor. In other words, four touchdowns versus, you know, three field goals and two touchdowns is 28, 23. But those need to happen in a very specific order because, you know, let's say, on your way to getting there, the score is, um, you know, 16 to 14. Um, Let's say um, uh, once you scored a touchdown, you're going for two, which gets you to either four or six, Um, which I guess is another avenue to six, but just five is a weird number because it's a number that you can get to easily, but it needs to happen in a certain order of events or a team will go for two at some point.
0: All right, but – just so we're clear, week two of the NFL season, three out of the sixteen games, which is a lot, ended with five point margins.
1: Right. It's that not was, coming actually,
0: frequent that was
1: actually that actually was unusual for that to happen. That's actually something I took note of. If you look at the way those games went out, like the with the um, Browns and Bengals, the Bengals wound up at 30 because it was 28-13 and they kicked a field goal and then scored two touchdowns. If they, if they score two touchdowns, they're going for two in one of those scenarios. And it either winds up being a four- or six-point game. So it was actually kind of rare that that happened that weekend.
2: Rarities you what you got for... Uh As Josh said, that was rare that it happened, but rarities occur. So I'm taking that Cowboys minus four-and-a-half. I think they're going to get a touchdown up on the Browns. Uh, as Josh said, it was a very uninspiring performance. This past week from the Browns, they won, woohoo! but no one was calling home about it. The best thing about the Browns still is Baker Mayfield's commercials. Uh, I'm personally a big fan of the book club commercial, but I want to hear – you all don't have to share your opinions. Uh, I don't think there's much to say. I think the Cowboys are going to come out firing. Josh, you make a good point with the statement game. I wouldn't even say that it needs to be a statement game. If anything, I just think they're mad about losing that last game, especially after a defensive play by, you know, I don't actually remember who made the play, the safety or the cornerback, but they made a great defensive play. They held him for a long time. You obviously can't stop Russell Wilson, but they did their best to limit him, but they still couldn't finish it. Cowboys minus four and a half.
0: Yeah, the one thing I'm going to say is that the the only way that this should be a statement game for anybody is if the Browns win because they're the team that's 2-1 and one, but are not being respected because of the teams they beat. And now they're getting this team that's supposed to be good or whatever. So if they win, it's a statement win, whereas the Cowboys are supposed to be good and getting a team that's supposed to be bad. So just in no world is that statement win unless they absolutely dominate them. The other thing I want to say is, this after we D.K. Metcalf giving up on a play. We're talking about last week game a lot differently. So when you really think about it, the fact that at one point the Cowboys got up by one point That doesn't give me any confidence in their team because they should have been down seven more than they were the whole game.
2: Yeah, that's fair. But, Noel, I don't know what the next thing I was going to say was, but we move on. So we've got the Bengals are playing the Jaguars. The Bengals are three-point favorites. Jaguars, who were three-point – were they favorites last week against Miami? I'm going to look back. The Jaguars – Uh, it was a pick 'em last week. But I feel like it was a weird line. It it probably was. But anyways, the Jaguars looking to bounce back after really a tragic loss. Not tragic loss, but just worse than anticipated. Gardner Minshew couldn't do anything. DJ Chark was injured. Levis Chanal was interesting to watch out there. He had some plays in the backfield. He caught the ball a few times. The, obviously, the shining spot within their offense. James Robinson had a really effective game, got a few touchdowns. Uh, I'm still going to take Bengals minus three here. Uh, I feel like the Jaguars are worse than the Eagles. I feel like Gardner Minshew is worse than Carson Wentz. I just think there's a lot of reasons as to why the Bengals here are just the better team. And if Joe Burrow can find T. Higgins like he did, even if it's from within 15 yards, if he has a red zone target he trusts, that's a great thing for a rookie quarterback. And yeah, like I said, Bengals minus three is my line here.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm taking the Bengals too. Um, I said it before. I think Joe Burrow is just good.
2: He's just good, nothing else.
1: I think the Jaguars came down to earth a little bit last week. They're clearly not that good. I really like what he's building with T. Higgins. And A.J. Green is, will never be what he once was, but he slowly looks a little bit more comfortable. We do have to remember that these first few weeks were his first game action in almost two years. So just getting that rust off and getting into the thick of things um, will be helpful for him. The reports are that each week he's getting more comfortable and his numbers slowly got a little bit better. He caught five balls last week. They were all short balls. But, you know, baby steps. I I think this is a good good place for the Bengals to get their first win of the year and for Joe Burrow to get his first win as an NFL quarterback.
0: Yeah, I I hope the Bengals find a way to win this one. Joe Joe Burrow deserves to be a little bit better than 0-2-1 at this point. His kicker cost him, his defense cost him, and then – I don't even know what to say about the Eagles game. I guess really his defense again, yeah. but I'm not convinced that T <laughs> right. Higgins. What?
1: Well, no, I was just saying his defense last week did cost them. They had a chance to ice the game. And gave a yeah. Them.
0: I'm not convinced that T Higgins is like some red zone target. Like it was just by circumstance that he was found twice end zone, but he and Tyler Boyd seems like a nice thing going. It may be AJ Green gets more acclimated and maybe in a matchup that's finally favorable for Joe Mixon, they can even get, They're offense firing on all cylinders. Um, So I'm also going to pick Bengals minus three.
2: So, yeah, I don't think there's too much to discuss here. It's Joe Burrow wants his first win. The Jaguars looked bad. If DJ Chark especially isn't back, which I honestly am not sure of. Josh, is he? I'm not sure. Sammy? Couldn't tell you. It wouldn't matter to me, though. I don't think it would make a big difference, but – Either way, Bengals minus three, we all took it. Next up, we have the Colts, who have been surprisingly above mediocre uh, against the Bears, who have been bad. Uh, The Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites coming into this matchup. Sammy, why don't you start us off? Um,
0: All right, so I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts here. I It worries me that it's Nick Foles is not Mitch Trubisky because I don't know what he has up his sleeve. But I will say I like what I've seen from Foles. I like how they're running the football, whether it's Jonathan Taylor or whether it's Naheem Hines or even um Wilkins. Like, they have a nice little three-headed monster. Uh I was worried that that wasn't going to be as big of a factor as it originally was with Marlon Mack. But it seems like those guys have picked up where it left off. Rivers is starting to kind of do his thing, like dumping it down, just trying not to make the bad decision. Um but, yeah, so I'm going to go with the Colts. And it's when you think about it, the Colts should be 3-0. Like, the Jaguars, much like the Washington football team, just came out ready to play week one. But it didn't mean that they were, like, these amazing teams or anything. And so I feel like if the Colts had just had their schedule slightly different, they would be 3-0. Um, and I think that they're a pretty good team. I'm looking forward to seeing them play the Titans twice this year.
1: Yeah, um, also piggybacking on your point about that first game. In that first game, the Colts didn't punt once the whole game and only scored 20 points, which is kind of fluky. But there are some really interesting DVOA nuggets in this game. Um, So DVOA at the beginning of the season isn't that reliable in terms of the outlook of the team because it doesn't put in opponent adjustments until week four. It's a good measure of just on a base level how well you've played. Um, And so far the Colts are number one in total DVOA in the NFL because they've had back-to-back dominant performances against really poor teams. That being said, they are the first team with a loss to be number one after three weeks since 1989, and they have the lowest rating for a number one team through three weeks um, since 2000. On the other side, the Bears, who haven't really played anyone good, still have the fifth lowest DVOA ever for a 3-0 team, which presumably will only go down once uh, opponent adjustments are added. So a lot of interesting stuff in this game. I'm going to go with the Colts um, because I do think they have looked better each week. I think the first game, part of it was just Phillip Rivers getting adjusted to his new receivers. I do think this defense is pretty good. I like a lot of the pieces they have. Um, And I'm still, you know, not sold on the Bears. At the end of the day, their defense is solid, but it's not what it was two years ago. Um, We have to remember, you know, two two of these games were 27-23 and 30-26, which are not low-scoring games by any means. Um, Nick Foles led a really fun comeback. His efficiency numbers actually weren't that different than Trubisky, though he obviously is better. But this is the first real team the Bears have played. Um, Same for the Colts, but I just think the Colts are better, so I'm going to go with the Colts.
2: Yeah, so I'm also taking Colts minus two and a half here. Um, I think – I don't have much to add on to. Uh, Sammy, as you mentioned, we don't know what Nick Foles we're getting. Are we getting a Nick Foles who beats former MVP Matt Ryan, or are we getting a Nick Foles who can't do anything down in Jacksonville? Uh, Who knows? I'm still going to take the Colts minus two and a half here. Uh, I think it's a pretty good line as well. The fact that they're even shielded from a field goal uh, to an extent. To an extent. Uh, I, I don't know. Overall, I just think this one's not a gimme per se, but it's a very favorable line for betting the fa- the the favorite, is what I meant to say. Uh, something else that's worth mentioning: uh, just a couple of breakout players who could be having good games this week. Uh, on the Colts side of the ball, we've got tight end Mo Ali Cox. Um, he's been From getting some. Break. What Josh? him up in fantasy this week. Really- Are you happy about that? I'm glad that you mentioned him. He's an extremely athletic tight end. He's been getting some looks. He didn't get anything too crazy as far as yardage or anything goes, but we could see him involved in the offense more. And the other person who could have a breakout-esque game is David Montgomery. Uh, Tariq Cohen being injured. Montgomery is the clear back. Uh, Why not? I don't know I saw they were working out some running backs I don't know if they signed any of them so especially if no running backs are signed like Lamar Miller who was one of the candidates then I could see Dave Montgomery getting a lot of touches and getting a lot of use as well in the short passing game Uh, it's just going to be an interesting week to see I don't think the Bears are going to win but to see how they're adjusting new quarterback uh, Dave Montgomery probably picking up a bigger workload uh but yeah that's that i don't have the bottom
0: the bottom line for me
2: is i did not think rivers
0: was gonna be any good and people you know would say like oh but he had no time to throw and i was like yeah but like how much is that gonna make a difference i didn't realize how little he would be pressured a little fun fun stat here rivers was pressured 14 times per game last year he's been pressured 17 times through three weeks this year the Colts offensive line keeping it clean for him and allowing him to find guys like Mulally Cox. He hasn't really developed anything with T.Y. Hilton, but there's time still. Uh, so, yeah, I like the Colts.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Sammy. Next up, we have the Los Angeles – I almost said San Diego. Los Angeles Chargers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers are seven-point favorites. They had a pretty strong – Strong would be a nice way to put a game against uh, – who did they even play? The Panthers – no, not the, the Panthers. The Broncos. Broncos. Uh, Evans hauled in a couple of touchdowns. It, as I think – Sammy, I want to say it was you who mentioned it last week, but maybe not. Leonard Fournette's starting to settle into the offense. There's just a lot of promise going on. And with that being said, I will take the Buccaneers minus seven – over the Chargers. Uh Chargers brought it within close, like close ish game of the Panthers, but I think Justin Herbert, it's again, he's gonna come back down to earth. Uh it's not gonna be anything too crazy from him. And I think Mike Evans is gonna have a great and proficient game. And I'm hoping something like eight receptions, 120 yards, two touchdowns. That'd be really great for my fantasy team. So uh What about you, though, Sammy? Yeah, also with the Buccaneers. Um, I I just
0: like what's going on there right now. They have some momentum going. And then after that uh, performance against the Broncos, I just feel like sometimes when you play bad teams, it can get you going. And I feel like that's the case with Tom Brady every year. Um, He didn't do too much with Evans when you really think about it. Like, it would be two yards, two catches, two touchdowns. Um, And so, like, fantasy-wise, that looks better than it really is. But if he likes him in the red zone, that's great. If they can keep getting there, that's great. I'll take the Buccaneers
1: here. Yeah, um, I have the Buccaneers as well. Um, The Panthers were able to move the ball on the Chargers last week, which was a little concerning. Um, And that Chiefs performance looked a little more fluky. Um, And, yeah, I don't have too much to say. I'm going with the Buccaneers as well.
2: Yeah, I feel like this game is – it's another one of those games where it's pretty much an obvious pick. Uh, we haven't seen much out of the Chargers that makes us feel better about them, and we've seen the Tampa Bay offense finally starting to click. So it, it's as simple as that, and I've got nothing else on it. So I'll just move into the next game. We've got the Vikings versus the Texans. The Vikings – the Vikings are not favorites. Wow, I messed that up. The Texans are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Josh, thoughts? Hit me. Yeah, so I'm taking the Texans
1: here, and it has little to do with football. Um, the Vikings, As everyone knows, the Titans-Steelers game is being postponed this weekend because of some co- positive COVID tests for the Titans, and the Vikings were forced to stay home for a couple of days while they all got tested because they had just played the Titans. Um, and the Vikings weren't allowed to return to their facility till today. And if you just look at what that means in terms of a football week, Monday, you usually have off, um, some guys go in to lift and stuff Tuesday, you know, you have team meetings, um, uh, initial film watching and people go in to work out and stuff. Wednesday is your first actual practice. Thursday, you practice. um, And then Tuesday and Wednesday is also mainly when you're installing your game plan and coming up with your game plan. Um, And A, you know, on Tuesday, people basically lost a day of working out. The facility, whatever they have at home is not enough. On Wednesday, everyone lost a full day of practice. We think about it on a week-to-week basis. If someone, if one fantasy player doesn't practice on Wednesday, we talk about what that means for him going into Sunday. Well, everyone on the team didn't practice on Wednesday. On top of that, the game plan was literally installed via Zoom. Like, they had to come up with a game plan and install it completely remotely. They weren't able to watch a bunch of film together in person, which is not helpful at all. And then on top of that, on Saturday morning, after only a day and a half back together, they're going to have to try take what is not a short flight, basically from the top of the country to the bottom country, and then go play a professional football game on not the same shape that they would like to be and not as prepared as they would like to be. So for all of those reasons, I'm taking the Texans minus three and a half.
2: Yeah, I'm with you, Texans minus three and a half. I also just think the performances we've seen from the bike, the Vikings have been abysmal. The Texans, uh, they almost eked out Almost eat Dalwin against the Steelers. They came out to a hot start. If they can come out to a hot start like that against the Vikings, who are just a worse defense, I think they have a really great chance of winning it. Um, I think three and a half is a favorable line. I didn't even consider what you were mentioning, Josh, but it's definitely something to keep in mind. And uh, we'll see how that plays out this week. I really don't have much to say about it, Sammy.
0: I'm going to go against the grain here. For all the reasons that Josh said, I'm picking the Vikings. I think it's all going to play into their favor. If you're an 0-3 team with expectations that they had, practice is your worst enemy. You're going to be dreading through it. You're going to be, like, there's going to be comments and you're going to be taking it too seriously. And the best way to win a football game, to feel like you're not going to. And I feel like that's what the Vikings have going for them this week. I think that on paper, the Texans should be winning this one easily. But that's exactly why I think that the Vikings are going to come out play loose, play hard, and win themselves a game.
2: You know, uh, only time will tell, to be fair, but I think something that will be worth mentioning is if Brandon Cooks can finally get involved in that Houston offense. He's done absolutely nothing this season, uh, and they traded, what, a second-round pick for him? I don't know. I just think it's a stupid to go out use that much uh I guess capital on a guy and then not include him that's me uh I don't know I'm just I'm still confused about the trade uh I'm confused about Bill O'Brien I think depending on how this season goes there's a chance we see him out the door but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, let me just get us into the next game. We've got Saints versus the Lions. The Lions beat the uh, Cardinals last week. Can they upset our team? Saints are four-point favorites. Sammy, thoughts? Um, I'll take the Saints. For any specific reason or just think, Saints yeah, are a better do. team?
0: I just think they're kind of due, you know?
1: Yeah, I think this is where they turn it around. Um, I think people – are panicking a little too much about the Saints because the Saints getting off to a slow start is nothing new. The Saints throughout the previous decade had the highest average change in the positive direction in DVOA from week 3 to week 17. Um, They averaged 15% higher DVOA and week 4 is sort of where they start to turn that around. Um, I was encouraged by Drew Brees last weekend um, because his accuracy was back Um, because the thing is Drew Brees not throwing the ball down the field is nothing new Um, I mean last year I believe he finished fourth to the bottom in the league in intended air yards um, per pass that being said that number is still down it's somewhere from around six and a half to now it's at 4.8 and he's last in the league by a pretty by over one full yard. But what was most concerning to me was that the accuracy numbers weren't there, because Drew Brees is the most accurate quarterback in NFL history, and that's why he's gotten to the point where he's at. Um, and last week, I'm pulling it up right now. He was he was completing all his passes. They were all checkdowns to Kamara, but he was still 29 and 36 for 288, three touchdowns and zero picks. And at the end of the day, no matter what form it's coming in, that's what we want to see from Drew Brees. Um, He finally got Emmanuel Sanders a little more involved in the passing game. Um, And I just think they were playing a really good team. Um, And I think this will be a good bounce back game for them. I think they'll win this week. Josh, who led the NFL in DVOA two years ago? 2018? Yeah. I'll pull that up.
2: Well, Josh is pulling that up. I – honestly blinked whether or not I said it but I will be taking the Saints minus four here I think Michael Thomas is actually supposed to be coming back uh, this week how he gets progressed back into the offense we're not too sure but the fact that they have him back it can just open things up for other receivers on the offense it just having him out there it's an x-factor and I know that's kind of like stupid to say because that's the Madden term that they have for players but it makes a big difference when you have a top three top four receiver in the league out on the field versus not having him out there at the end of the day. So The Chiefs finished first in 2018.
0: Is it almost always the team with the best record?
1: No. Actually, no. It was a big thing throughout this decade that the Seahawks were sort of the DVOA kings and they finished first almost every year. Like the 2012 and 2015 Seahawks both finished first. Um, last year it was the Ravens but that's because they were had an historically dominant regular season and even if you look at that year, the Rams are second and the Saints were fourth the Saints are the number one seed um, one thing that you should know, has the DVOA
0: that, a winner in the last decade ever won the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, yeah, the 2013 Seahawks did, I mean I can pull it up on a year by year basis but um, one thing that you should note is that when evaluating how a team did during the regular season, you should look at a DVOA. Something that's also important going into the playoffs is weighted DVOA because that takes more recent games into account. It puts more weight on them. Um,
2: but, yeah, that's a little bit of the DVOA rundown. All right. Uh, so our next game, we have the Seattle Seahawks away in Miami – Against the Dolphins, Seahawks are six points favorites. We've seen some and we're about to have another crazy line coming up as our next one. Um, am I crazy to say that I feel like this is too nice in the Seahawks favor? Like I just feel like the Seahawks
0: like I see what you're saying, and I'm I'm just gonna say like I am picking the Seahawks, but their defense is really bad, and so like the Rams defense should be able to shut down um should be able to shut down the Giants. Same with the Ravens, the football team. It's just I don't feel nearly as confident that the Dolphins won't at least be able to score.
2: Mm-hmm. The
0: Seahawks will score more, and I think it should be slightly higher. But it's not like – it's also not like it's minus six and a half. Like, it's minus seven. I and just it's a feel full like touchdown.
2: No, it's minus six. Minus six, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, it's not, like, I, I,
0: like I said, I'm going Seahawks, but
2: – I just feel like a minus eight and a half would be a better line for that. Like a – more fair Josh talked
0: about. Josh talked about how he felt like Minnesota, to, you know, Houston was a long flight, even though that's really probably less than three hours. You want to talk about a long flight? Like that's as long as a flight as you can get in yeah. the NFL if you're not going
1: overseas. Um, yeah, I think actually the Seahawks might be a little less affected just because their season is full of long flights. Just because Seattle is the farthest away from any NFL team, and every year they travel the most miles, It's certainly the longest flight. For me, it's as simple as I understand the argument for going with the Dolphins, and I think there's a chance this is a close game. But
2: I just don't want to bet against Russell Wilson. No, Josh, do it. You you bet against uh, Lamar Jackson already. Come on, bet against Russell Wilson.
1: Well, I emotionally bet against Lamar
2: Jackson. Here I'm brain. Sammy, you heard him say he bet against Lamar Jackson, right? All I know, all I know
0: is that the Washington Football Team's like the Redskins and the Ravens play once every four years. He had one opportunity to pick his favorite team against my favorite team, and he chose not to.
1: Um, but it's, I'm not, I'm not going to bet against Wilson. It just feels like one of those games where I'm like, oh, this is going to be a close game. And then Fitzpatrick comes back down to earth and Wilson goes out and throws for five touchdowns and 320 yards. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I don't bet against that guy. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks. <laughs> did you bet against him last week? Russell Wilson? No, I think I took the Seahawks.
2: You want me to look real quick? I feel like...
1: I I did take the Seahawks.
2: This is a VAR moment, Josh. You took Seahawks. Don't worry.
1: Yeah.
2: If Josh said he did, I don't think we should doubt him. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, So anyways, next up, we have the Rams. This is the crazy line we've been talking about. Rams against Giants. Rams are 12.5 point favorites. I took the Rams 12.5. Giants can't do anything offensively. Their defense is a mess. The Ra- Aaron Donald is going to have another heyday against an awful offensive line. It I could see uh, Daniel Jones probably getting sacked at least five times this game. It, it's going to be an absolute heyday uh, for the Rams defense and the Rams offense. We haven't seen anything productive from the Giants defense. Overall, I just – I don't think there's anything that makes us think otherwise that the Rams should be able to win this by – I guess 13 points I think it comes
1: down to the fact that last year the Giants played a very injured team traveling to their stadium cross country and they lost 36 to 9 which by the way was a score um and now we have the Giants as the team flying cross country to play an already better and not injured team I think this is Rams minus 12 and a half this one's going to be a bloodbath
2: so Josh, what you're saying is you're taking the Giants here? No, I'm taking the Rams. So <sighs> I could get you. Sammy, what about you?
0: Next just so you know gave me that night you would have had to start calling in Monday and saying, Man, this Rams is so easy. This is gonna be a terrible game. That's how you do it. Oh, okay. You have to get in it really and often.
2: But, uh, yeah. let me I mean, let me who are the Ravens playing next week? Josh, those Bengals are nothing to be worried about. Joe Burrow yeah, actually, like, was that's, not that's a actually Heisman a good point. Quarterback.
0: The Ravens, you might as well pencil them in at 4-1 and one at this point right now. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll pick the Rams. The only thing that to me that would be more surprising than the Rams not covering this would be the Ravens not covering against the football team. I mean, these are just – I'm going to want to see the stats after this week about the biggest point differential from two teams in the same division losing combined in one week. Because between whatever 40 or 50 the Ravens win by against the Washington football team, combined with the 30 that's put up here for the Rams, I just think – I was already telling Josh, there was, the NFC East has a minus 197 – or no, no, minus 97 point differential through three weeks, which is just ridiculously bad. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was minus 197 after this week with the Ravens winning by 60 or 70.
2: Yeah, Definitely. Well, we move on. Buffalo playing uh, – who are they playing? I accidentally scrolled to week five. Give Vegas. me one second. I think they are playing Vegas. Yeah, I was scrolling the week five. Buffalo against Vegas Sunday, 425 p.m. Buffalo three-point favorites. Josh, is, do you believe in Josh Allen finally? So I'm going to take
1: Buffalo. Um, I've liked what Josh Allen. That was a very – Let's put it this way. There was only one offensive face mask in that game instead of three laterals. I saw a headline that sort of perfectly summed up the Josh Allen experience. Josh, you know there was one lateral, right? Yeah, there was one lateral. That was called an incomplete He's still still laterally. I was really upset when they called it incomplete. Um, But, so I saw this one headline that said, Allen starts hot, melts down, wins. Um... And also, so Robert Mays, who's someone who used to work for The Ringer, gave a very good analogy to watching Josh Allen play quarterback. Um, and it's this John Mullaney skit, this bit, where it's about a horse being loose in a hospital. And the horse is loose in the hospital, and you're more confused because you don't know if it's a bad thing. It's just you know crazy things are going to happen. And you have to stay attentive the whole time you need to get updates. And sometimes the updates is just the horse took the elevator. But you always need to stay looking because there's a horse loose in a hospital. We haven't seen this before. And we don't know if this is good or bad. And it might not be bad at all, but you have to keep looking because there's a horse loose in the hospital. I, mean, I feel like that's the Josh Allen experience. Um, Josh, are you okay? That being, I was going to let you go with that, but are you okay? But... It's Look up the skin. It, it actually makes a lot of sense. I'm not John Mulaney. Um, I, can't, I don't deliberately do this. But anyway, I also think something that's really been clear the first few weeks of the year is Brian Dable is one of the more underrated coordinators in football. I mean, it, it really shows this is more of a greater point how so many teams are, are so scared to do anything innovative that Eric Bieniemy, Greg Roman, and Brian Dable all went unhired last season, where even you have guys like Kevin Stefanski, who's a good offensive coordinator, but he runs more of a base offense. Um, and those guys are getting hired over, you know, guys who are running innovative offenses, and because those are teams who are scared to do anything bold. And I think some of the concepts Brian Dable has been coming up with perfectly fit Josh Allen. Um, I really love a lot of the deep crossing routes that he's been drawing up. And even the last touchdown to Tyler Croft was a really great play design. Um, I think the Bills have built a really good roster and they have a great coaching staff and they've built a culture that fits that roster and that coaching staff. And the Raiders, I just don't think they're very good. I mean, the Saints game, they actually got outplayed. The Saints averaged almost twice as many yards per play um, and they beat them in pretty much any advanced metric that you want to look at. It came down to that the saints were undisciplined and had a lot of penalties, which is not something that the Raiders can control. And right now the Raiders, despite their two and one record um, are 25th in DVOA, um, which sort of shows just, it hasn't been a very impressive two and one so far. Um, and I think this line is low and I'm going to take the bills.
2: I'm so happy you said that Josh, because I was going to ask you after all that, who you were taking, Uh, I'm going to be much more simple here. I'm taking bills minus three solely because they're a better team. It's a low line. Do I see a world where they lose to Las Vegas because Las Vegas, Josh Jacobs has a great rushing game. Devin Singletary can't get it going. And Josh Allen starts playing like a deer in the headlights? Sure. Do I think that's very likely? No. Bills minus three. Sammy, go. I'm going to go even simpler here. I'm going to go Bills minus three. Okay. I respect it. (laughs) Uh, Let's just move right into the next game. We have the best team in the NFL, Kansas City Chiefs, after beating the Ravens, taking on the New England Patriots, who – have been looking surprisingly good, even with Cam Newton at quarterback, and I say even in the sense that I think we were all surprised by his performance, or have been surprised by his performance. Uh, Kansas City's seven-point favorites. I'm still going to take them. They they tore through Baltimore. Baltimore, better defensively and offensively. It, it's a for me. It's simple. Chiefs minus seven. Um, So I think – I think –
1: I'm going with Chiefs minus seven as well. Um, I think something that was really telling was actually in an interview before the game, Patrick Mahomes basically said without saying that the two teams that motivate him the most and the two games he circles on the calendar are the Ravens and the Patriots. Um, And we saw that was sort of true with with the Chiefs as a whole last week where just as a whole they didn't look very chief see the first couple weeks and a lot of that was just because they weren't really using their tools they were sort of you know very bland play calling simple plays and you know when they needed to when they were down they unleashed tyree Kill for the long play and then they come to the ravens and they're unleashing like the underhand toss to anthony sherman and the fake double screen back to kelsey and the O-line pass to Eric Fisher. And if their game plan slash motivation is anything similar to what it was last week for the, for the Ravens game as it is for the Patriots game, I'm not sure how you can bet against Mahomes given the fact that I think that Ravens defense is still better than the Patriots defense. And the Ravens defense didn't play a great game. If you look at some of those plays, there was absolutely nothing they could do. And i just just not sure how you can watch that game and bet against the homes.
0: Yeah, building off that, um, like the motivation thing, it was clear that the Chiefs were motivated. And I was genuinely surprised that – I thought the Chiefs were going to win the game, obviously, against the Ravens. You guys remember I picked them and whatnot. But I did not think that they were going to be more motivated than the Ravens. And now that I think about it, why wouldn't they be? Because the Ravens have been a team – like, it's almost like the Chiefs avoided – like, people saying, like, the Chiefs avoided the Ravens last year in the playoffs, and Mahomes wanted to remind everybody that that's not what happened. It's really that, he, like, he's just a part of a better team. Um, and so I was very surprised, but looking back, shouldn't have been that they were more motivated than the Ravens last week. Um, it's definitely the case that their team's good enough, Mahomes is good enough, their offense, even their defense, that they don't need to give 100% every week. Um, we'll see if they give 100% this week. Um Josh, it's a good point. They definitely gave 100% last year against the Patriots. Uh, I'll also go with the Chiefs here. Like, I had that written down. But I also wouldn't be that surprised if just the fact that these were back-to-back games, the Chiefs might have really been focusing more on this one. And then, not that they're going to take it off, take this game off on a short week, but it might be hard to get as mentally engaged as they were six days ago when they play uh, what has to be a motivated Patriots team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I will say, with the Chiefs fans, um, I know the, pa- the Chiefs beat the Patriots last year, um, uh, but that wasn't Foxborough. This is the Patriots' first time returning to Kansas City since the 2018 AFC Championship game, and there will be fans in the stadium, as we saw in week one. Chiefs have about, what was it, 17,500, and even for 17,500, I guarantee you, The people there are season ticket holders and they all have memories of what it was like the last time they played the patriots i think it's going to be one of the more raucous environments that we're going to be able to see in the nfl this week this year i mean this week in kansas city um and i think i mean part of what i was saying with the chiefs is just that they have so many tools both coaching personnel and talent wise but they don't need to use them every week and we saw when they bring it out we saw last week that when they bring out those tools and they're able to execute them, there's literally no one who can stop them. And I think it's going to be the same sort of thing with the Patriots this week.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. You're, we, we have a lot of consensus this week, I feel it,
2: like. I feel like this week in general was a pretty Have you and Josh
0: disagreed on any line?
2: Uh, let me look. I don't, you know. I know um, I've gone
0: against the green a few times.
2: Uh, Josh and I, any lines where we... Uh, yeah, Sammy, you have one guess to get it.
0: Oh, right, the Ravens, because Josh was being (laughs) ridiculous. Okay, but, like, not really. Like, you guys have been on the same page. In
2: all other lines, we have been on the exact same page, and let's see if it continues here. The 49ers are playing the Eagles. 49ers are seven-point favorites. Josh, what's your thought?
1: Well, my thought is that I'm going to be watching the NBA Finals on Sunday night. Um... I mean, this is about as unintriguing of, you know, a week uh, for Sunday night game as you can get. I wish we were at the point where we could start flexing games. Um, but I'm going to go with the 49ers just because I think the Eagles are really bad and I haven't seen anything from Carson Wentz that makes me want to bet on him. Nick Mullins... Is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, he was solid when he played a couple of years ago. You know, he he wound up with some good passing numbers. He wound up with a higher passing DVOA than a few guys that like we know are established guys like Matthew Stafford and Dak Prescott. He had higher passing DYAR, which is um, basically a total yardage value, how much you gave above replacement level player he finished higher than Dak Prescott Nick Foles in that um and I I think he's the serviceable quarterback and I think even injured the rest of the 49ers roster is still better than the Eagles um and at the end of the day I know the Bengals are pretty significantly better than the Giants um but at the end of the day this is a 49ers team that still beat the Giants by 27 whereas the Eagles lost to Washington by 10 and tied the Bengals um So I'm going to take the
2: 49ers here. So, Josh, we will disagree for once. I'm taking Philly plus seven here. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like back to recover potential, uh, any number of things. And you know what? This is my equivalent of the Washington football team plus 14. It's a stupid pick I'll end up regretting later, but I've made it. Sammy, what about you?
0: I'm also going with the Eagles, actually. Um, I love the way you put that. Um, I just think that this is the kind of game the Eagles win. I said that last week. I was wrong. We'll find out if I'm wrong again. Um, I hate what I've seen from the Eagles. I don't think they're very good. Um, I don't think they'll win. But I do think that'll be closer than seven. Like what do I like why would this would the 49ers and Nick Mullins have better of a chance to beat the Eagles? than russell wilson to beat the dolphins
2: uh i'm with you on that one sammy i it makes
1: absolutely well that's,
0: it josh needs an opportunity to make up ground so this is this is a game that you'll have to keep a little bit of an eye on josh
1: um i'll watch the finals no i think the game starts at 7:30 on sunday night so i so i will watch the second half of that probably
2: um, okay josh
1: but, yeah, finally we got Monday night, Packers-Falcons. Um, we got the Packers. It's, I believe, is a seven-point favorite.
2: Seven-point favorite.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with the Packers here. I think, I think this game has the potential to be close, and I think there's a chance the Falcons could cover. But at the end of the day, we saw a Falcons team that just gave up 30 points to the Bears, and the Packers have been the best offense in football so far. I mean, they're averaging 40 points a game. And I think just the Packers are going to score a lot of points and they're better coached. And this is going to be a high scoring game. So I don't think the Packers defense is that good, but I see this in sort of like 41 to 27 territory. And I think the Packers will cover.
2: Um, Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Packers are going to have a good game. Uh, the Falcons have been choking left and right. There's At this point, they'll choke the back to our cover for all we know, and I won't be surprised, and I'll be happy that I made the right pick. So Packers minus seven. Sammy, to close us out, you got the last pick. What's your thoughts?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll go with the Packers as well. I think the Packers are pretty good. Falcons have been a little bit disappointing. Uh, maybe more than a little bit. I don't know. It depends if you like blowing leads or not. I'll, I will say this about the Packers. They really impressed me. Uh, Josh knows I thought they would be good, but I didn't think they would be this good. Just the way in which our offense has been playing reminds me of Prime Rogers. Um, they get the bot down his back. At least all signs point towards it. I don't even think they would need him. But assuming he does suit up, i definitely like them to cover.
2: Yeah. It, it's a – I feel like this is a good line for them um so that's been today's podcast uh next time i will make sure i have the document pulled up in time we'll give you a full weekend blitz uh look out for tomorrow's podcast we're going to be breaking down the beginning of the nba finals as well as what was a crazy wild card week days in the mlb or as they're calling it fall frenzy Uh, it really was like march madness both baseball and i can't complain about it uh, but that's been the pod. Uh, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out the Floater Pod on Instagram and Twitter, as well as floaterpod.com. Anyone have any final things, or Sammy, you want to bring us home? I'm good, Josh.
1: Um, yeah, I think be back tomorrow. A lot of sports going on. Um, enjoy it. I was up till 1:30 last night watching baseball. So,
2: Josh, that's not good for you.
1: It's okay. I've been the thing is I've been doing it for years. I'm someone who's first I'm able to function on not a lot of sleep it's just something I'm able to do and second at this point I've been staying up for baseball playoffs for so long that like my body just knows that it's not going to get a lot of sleep this time of year
2: I feel like you should apologize to your body
1: no that's okay
2: Josh apologize to your body
0: Sammy
1: let's take us home
0: (laughs) right. on behalf of Josh and his apology to his body, KP, and myself, I'm Sammy Schulman reminding you Ravens by 50.